Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to another special edition of The Emma Gunn Show, this time brought to you by Elizabeth Arden. Something I'm asked about time and time again is retinol. While we may be hearing that it's the gold standard in skincare that we should all be using, the common theme among the questions is when to start, how to use it, when to use it, and why we should be using it. When I told you, my lovely listeners, I was going to be doing a deep dive episode into retinol, the most common feedback was for me to create an idiot's guide. And so that's what I've tried to do. Personally, I wish I'd started using retinol much sooner. I didn't dabble until the eve of my 40th birthday and I am now a devoted and regular retinol user and my skin is very thankful for it. And I know I'm not alone here. I was a little worried about using something that might make my skin tingle or cause my skin to peel, but I needn't have been. And don't worry, we cover all of that in this episode. Honestly, if I could change anything about my skincare in the last 10 years, it would be that I would have introduced a retinol sooner. In fact, I keep telling all my younger buddies that they need to start thinking about using it pronto. Elizabeth Arden has launched the Retinol Ceramide Capsules Line Erasing Night Serum, and they had their consulting dermatologist, Dr. Dendi Engelman, over in London recently for the launch. And I asked her if she would tell me everything I needed to know about retinol, from what it is, how it works, when to use it, how to layer it, what it can do for your skin, and much more. We had an excellent conversation and she really did lay it all out very simply. Dendi works out of her practice in New York, so it's a rare treat to have her over in the UK, and I hope you feel, as I did, better informed about how, when, and what to use in terms of retinol after listening to our conversation. We also talk about the Elizabeth Arden Retinol Ceramide Capsules Liner Raising Night Serum, but I'll let her do all the talking on that one and explain why it's such an interesting and exciting innovation in terms of using a topical retinol. After our chat, I'll be back to talk about the five retinols that are currently on my radar, including the one from Elizabeth Arden. So stick around to hear a bit more about those. But here she is, making her debut on The Emma Gunn Show, Elizabeth Arden's consulting dermatologist, Dr. Dendi Engelman. Now, as we're talking all things retinol on this podcast, I felt like there was no one better to speak to than Dr. Dendi Engelman. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Um, it's a delight. I am so happy to be able to pick your brains about all things retinol. Now, to put you into context so the listeners know who you are and what you do, you are um, Elizabeth Arden's consulting dermatologist and skincare expert, and you are also a high-flying skincare expert in New York City. Mm-hmm. Do you like my accent? <laughs> <laughs> um, not, a, not a native New Yorker, as you might be able to <laughs> tell. You work with many, many clients, but you also work with many, many products. You work on clinical trials in terms of product development. So could you just tell us a little bit about your background in the skincare industry, please? Sure. I have um, been a dermatologist for 10 years, and I did a fellowship in procedural and 
laser medicine as well as skin cancer surgery. So my practice tends to skew a little bit more towards procedures Mm -hmm. and um, whether that's in the skin cancer space or through laser medicine or injectables. But I also see general dermatology and do skin exams and treat acne and anything that walks through the door, um, I'm happy to treat. Uh, I also love working with different brands and helping with innovation Mm -hmm. and kind of forecasting trends. And I work with a lot of beauty editors and on a global space and speak with a um, at a lot of conferences about different skincare products or devices um, and also in the laser space. Mm. What I think is exciting, particularly about the topic of retinol, is this is a topical that wouldn't have been such a big conversation. It wasn't available necessarily from your high street stores. It was something that was maybe more in clinic and very, very expensive. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed a real change in um, what clients want and ask for in terms of their clinicals in the last few years? Yes, I feel like the beautiful thing about skincare is that historically we didn't have that many products that quite honestly worked very well. So you had to rely on in-office procedures to truly change your skin. And over the last decade, we've had this explosion of actives Mm -hmm. that are really changing the quality of our skin and prolonging, if not mitigating, any reason to have to have an in-office procedure. And Mm -hmm. that's very exciting because... Um, you know, I want everyone to have access to beauty, not just the elite and those who are privileged. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it's important for us to feel good about the skin we're in. Mm -hmm. And so I love that we have options now that truly work and aren't just marketing ploys to get Mm -hmm. you to buy something, but have true clinical data and studies to support the claims that you see. Mm -hmm. And what's great is that it's now available but where there can sometimes be a barrier and I know I experience this too I know that listeners have written into the Facebook group and expressed the same thing it's like it's great that I can afford a retinol now but how do I use it should I be using it so maybe what would be great is if you could kind of give us like a retinol 101 guide like what it does how you should use it So if you pulled 10 dermatologists in a room and you said, aside from sunscreen, what is Mm -hmm. one anti-aging product that you would all take on a desert island? I think we would all agree that it would be a vitamin A derivative such as retinol. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say vitamin A derivative is because retinol is what we have over the counter and retinoids are prescription Mm -hmm. or available, you know, at the pharmacy, but under a doctor's care. So... They both help to build collagen, build elastin, help with fine lines, wrinkles, improvement in skin texture and tone, hyperpigmentation. They can help with acne, and also they can help to reverse sun damage. Mm -hmm. So if you talk about a miracle molecule in one product, this is it, because think of how many things that I just named that it Mm -hmm. helps to fix. Um, Now, the downside to retinol is that often it's hard to get your skin used to the product. And so patients, especially when I'm using stronger prescription strength retinoids, they'll call back and they'll say, I'm allergic to this product. It's irritating me. I'm red. I'm peely. So it's a real conversation that we have to have when we're prescribing it to let patients know that's actually not an, an adverse event of the of the product, but it's actually how it works Mm -hmm. because it accelerates cell turnover. So you can see some desquamation or peeling of the skin. But when we dial it back to a retinol, we get a lot of the benefits that retinoids provide, Mm -hmm. but without all of those 
big side effects. Right. And so that's why I always prep the skin, even if I want patients to eventually get to a prescription strength, mm-hmm. I always like the over-the-counter variants first in order to retinize the skin, get it used to oh, a I retinol. Like that. Isn't that a good one? <laughs> retinize. Retinize. What are you doing so this week, Emma? I'm, I'm retinizing. <laughs> and that's kind of how it used to be. For weeks, you had to retinize, and you would be red, and you kind of look like a tomato, and you look worse before mm-hmm. you look better. And it was a lot of waiting game, and it was quite honestly quite annoying to have to go through that process when you're trying to do something to make yourself look better, mm-hmm. and your face is falling off at a meeting or an event. You know, you really... It's hard to carve out the time to get your skin retinized again. Mm. I had a baby two and a half years ago and then again six months ago. And so I got off of retinoids because you can't you can't use them when you're pregnant or breastfeeding. And so trying why, to figure... What's the sort of basic rule of why you can't? So um, in this country, y'all call it like Roaccutane. Ro mm-hmm. You know, that's the oral vitamin A. Okay. And that is a known teratogen, meaning it is known to cause birth defects and okay. significantly so. And so you have to be on birth control in order to get that medicine prescribed in the States. Um, I don't know the regulation here, but, but it's documented in high doses in mm-hmm. the bloodstream. It will cause birth defects. So in a topical form, the risk is much lower, but mm-hmm. it does enter the bloodstream and it gives you a risk right. um, that we would never want to convey. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're doing something aesthetically to look better, we don't want to put a baby at risk. And so it's just better to be off of that. Now, in the retinol form, there's never been anything documented that's dangerous, but we kind of give it all a class Mm -hmm. of like, let's stay away if we can. Um, that said, I've had a million patients who have gotten pregnant. They didn't know they were using mm-hmm. a retinoid and their babies were fine. But it's just kind of a class effect that mm-hmm. we want to avoid. Um, but my point of that I was getting to was that when I got off of it to have babies, you know, I was trying to think, when is a good time to get back on a prescription strength retinoid? <laughs> because I don't, I don't want to look worse before I look better either. Um, but I know it's so good for my skin. Mm-hmm. And so when Elizabeth Arden came up with these capsules, and I thankfully got to be one of the first test subjects, um, that was one where I didn't peel and I wasn't red and I wasn't irritated but I could see that my skin was responding beautifully pretty pretty immediately. I think this is very clever. You work with Elizabeth Arden. You need retinol. You don't want any downtime. You're like, guys, I think we should pair it with the ceramide and see what happens. That's right. And you that, are a woman after my own heart. That's right. You have to fill the voids where you need them. Yeah. And so um, that is what's so smart about this formulation is that I always tell patients when they're using a prescription strength retinoid to make sure that they are moisturizing as well. Mm-hmm. And this kind of takes the guesswork out because mm-hmm. you've already got it mixed and formulated with the hydrator that's going to decrease the irritation. Mm-hmm. And we all need ceramides after the age of 30 as well. So it's replenishing that. So you're getting like a two for one. So um, what does a ceramide do for the skin? So a ceramide, if we think about the model of a brick wall, Mm-hmm. And the skin cells are the bricks, and the mortar that holds that brick wall together tightly are the ceramides. Mm-hmm. And so if we lose that mortar, this, the wall starts to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens in the skin. After we hit 30, our ceramide levels drop by about 46%. It's significant. Wow, it's so not it's... like a very small degradation. It's significant. And so when we have that barrier disrupted where the brick wall is falling down, we're more prone to irritation. We're more prone to redness. We're more prone, quite honestly, to infection because there are little portals for bacteria 
bacteria and so things to get into. moisture can seep out and allergens can get in. in. Exactly. Okay, got you. Yeah. And so when we add back ceramides, it tightens those junctions. It makes the skin uh, more of a barrier mm-hmm. and it makes it behave most optimally. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Ceramides are now firmly on my shopping list. <laughs> um, right. So retinol, uh, sort of a dummy's guide when should I start using retinol and can you be too young to be using retinol? Because it's seen as an anti-ager and we kind of have this rule of 25, 30. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have a strict rule or do you do it case by case? I don't have a strict rule with age because we know that safety has been documented it's as early as 12 because we use it, we use vitamin A derivatives to treat acne mm-hmm. all the time. And so... Um, I'm not worried about it from a safety perspective. I have a young (laughs) and everyday younger clientele Mm -hmm. in New York City, as you can imagine, who's coming in asking for major interventions. Mm -hmm. And they want injectables and they want preventative Fraxel and they're just paranoid of aging. And, you know, I try to talk them off the ledge of like, let's not do all of these unnecessary interventions, Mm -hmm. but let's start with a good skincare regimen Mm -hmm. that includes a retinol that's going to stave off the signs of aging so that we don't need the injectables as Mm -hmm. early as you might otherwise. So it's not that I'm not saying never to the bigger stuff, but I'm saying not yet. Yeah. Because I um, say you look at a skincare range and you Mm -hmm. have clearly a skincare range that's targeted to um, 25 to 35, then 35 plus, then 50 plus. Mm -hmm. Um, My understanding was you shouldn't use the 50 plus range Mm -hmm. on Mm 25-year-old skin thinking, well, I'll just go in heavy-handed because those ingredients will be too rich and could actually irritate the younger skin. Mm -hmm. But it's not quite the same kind of rule of thumb for retinol, is it? Right. Retinoids. Yes, retinol or retinoids. So any vitamin A, I find patients will benefit regardless of age. Mm -hmm. And there really isn't a space where you're too young. Mm -hmm. Um, And the most beautiful skin in my practice, regardless of age, are people who have been on a retinoid or a retinol for some period of time. Interesting. So you don't have to give it breaks. A lot of people are like, should I do a holiday? I don't know that it's working as well. You, You know, people become tolerant and so they don't, they almost don't see all the changes that they do mm-hmm. when they're first starting because not only is it preventative, but it's corrective. Mm-hmm. So if you have a brown spot that's gone, that's very meaningful. If you have crepiness or crow's feet and they're, they're lessened, that's meaningful. But then once we kind of plateau Mm -hmm. in the aging space, people are like, oh, is it not working anymore? That's not it. It's really still continuing to work. It's just that those initial changes that you saw that were corrective are not there, and now we're in the prevention phase. So if I'm in my late 20s and I start using retinol, might the benefits be more more glowing skin? Yes. And if I'm in my 30s, would it what would would it be slightly plumper, less lined? Like yeah, I mean the first sign of aging, and it happens in our mid, early to mid twenties, is not a fine line. It's not a wrinkle. It is that lack and loss of radiance. Mm-hmm. And so when people come to me and they're like, I, I just am, I feel like I'm looking older. They can't almost name it because mm-hmm. they can't point to a line or a wrinkle. They just feel like that they're they're a little duller. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to put into words when you're not working and obsessed with skincare as we are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they know that they're seeing something that they don't like. Mm. And that's because our cell turnover starts to slow. And so that light reflex that used to give you that glow and radiance is lessened because those dead skin cells that are on the surface of the skin don't reflect mm-hmm. as well as the youthful ones that are very tight, that, yeah. are, that are not about to release. 
And so if we start with a retinol, it increases your cellular turnover and makes it behave much more youthfully. So in your 20s, you're going to have more of a glow and a radiance that you did in your teens. And, you know, when you're in your 30s, it's kind of correcting whatever sign of aging is decade appropriate. Got and you. so that's what's lovely. Um, mm-hmm. But in the, if you, the earlier you start it, the longer it may be before you start to see what's, what's in your future, whether that's fine lines, wrinkles, expression lines, mm-hmm. p- increased pore size, which everybody talks about, you know. Pores are not doors. <laughs> I know, open close. <laughs> um, are there any skin concerns that retinol can't tackle? You know, there in the prescription space, I'm very tolerant uh, or very um, hesitant to prescribe a retinol or a retinoid in um, those who have like rosacea mm-hmm. or very sensitive. Maybe they have eczema. Mm-hmm. That because of the fact that the molecule can be a little bit irritating, I don't want to worsen that. That said, in this early launch of the retinol capsules, mm-hmm. because it's so well tolerated, patients have been reporting that they are less red. So I love that because mm-hmm. it stinks if you have rosacea that you're kind of X'd out of a whole category of proven mm. anti-agers. So I love that this may be something that I can offer to those as an anti-ager that's also going to correct some of the redness. Mm. And I think that is twofold. One, the ceramides are helping to calm down the inflammation. And two, because we can get them to the point where their skin is retinized, mm. they're probably getting some collagen induction. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details masking some of the redness. Okay. Interesting. But if you're super, super sensitive to anything, and I do have those patients who can't even put hyaluronic acid on their face, I know, then, you know, there's never one thing that's going to work for everyone. Mm -hmm. If you're super sensitive, this may not be for you, but I would say in this formula, I've been quite impressed, even for the most sensitive skin types. That's really good, because as you say, it's horrible to hear everyone being evangelical about something in skincare, and and you want a piece of it, and you just, you can't tolerate it, so that's good to know. Um, Are there any other products or ingredients that should be avoided when using retinol? And I guess we should also say sun exposure is one thing you have to be very careful of if you're retinized. (laughs) That's right. If you're retinized, you better have sunscreen on in the morning. And I talk about sunscreen being a medicine just like your retinol is Mm -hmm. at night. Um, And it's not sexy. Nobody wants to talk about prevention. Everyone wants to be like changed and transformed. But the best way, you know, especially in medicine, in all accounts, is it's better to prevent than to have to correct. Mm -hmm. It's better to never get that brown spot or that fine line than to have to fix it. And that's the way we have to do it is with sunscreen. So if someone's coming to me with true aging concerns, they better be wearing sunscreen daily because that's just a given that we know even incidental sun, Mm -hmm. 15 minutes a day for a lifetime is significant. Mm -hmm. So yes, retinol can increase your photosensitivity. So by all means, if you're going to use this product, you need to have sunscreen on if you're 
in your, if you're in the sun and you need to reapply. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when you're retinizing the skin, I may lay off other things that are exfoliative, like your alpha hydroxy or beta hydroxy acids for the time being, mm-hmm. just to make sure that you're not throwing too many things at it. Because retinol in and of itself is naturally any an exfoliant. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't do like 10% glycolic and your retinol, you know, and do a lactic acid twice a week. You know, I would give it, I would introduce it in a, a more gentle way. What's the difference between retinol and those AHAs and BHAs in terms of the function? So retinol is causing exfoliation by basically pushing the younger cells to the front because it's accelerating the cell turnover. And the acids are basically chemical exfoliants mm-hmm. where they're destroying the top or top layers. doesn't sound very nice, does it? Destroying. Nibbling it away. <laughs> <laughs> Gently releasing um, the stratum corneum, which is the very, very top mm-hmm. of the epidermis. And so they're both getting to a to an exfoliative process, but mm-hmm. through different mechanisms. Okay. So retinol has an extra layer in that it pushes the younger mm-hmm. skin cells up, whereas the topical acids just take off that top yeah. layer. Okay, good. You got it. I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so not, um, not other acids, and SPF is obviously vitally important, and nothing else that you would worry about? Otherwise, it can coexist very well with antioxidants. Um, you know, some retinols or retinoids historically with like acne preparations like benzoyl peroxide Mm -hmm. those wouldn't interact well so I you know we're going to use this at night anyway that's Mm -hmm. where it fits into the routine so if you have an acne regimen that you want you put Mm -hmm. that on in the morning and put this on at night now I know with the capsules you've got the moisturizing factor Mm -hmm. in there already Mm -hmm. but if if we're doing a retinol 101 guide Mm -hmm. because one of the questions that I got so many times in the Facebook group was how do I layer it how do Mm -hmm. I introduce it so is there a rule of thumb like if you're applying three serums at night Mm -hmm. and you want one of them to be retinol where should it fit in in that so I always say put that first Mm -hmm. and then do your subsequent steps after so make sure that you want to hydrate after putting on your your retinol or retinoid and historically People used to be told, especially in the prescription space with Retin-A or Tretinoin, don't put anything else on. But that was because the molecule was so hard to formulate and it was quite labile, meaning it would be rendered ineffective in the presence of other things. Okay. And it's a picky molecule. It's kind of fin- finicky, and that's why it took so long for them to innovate with something else in the capsule. Mm-hmm. Because it's not one that's as stable as some of the other beauty products or beauty ingredients. And so... Um, I would say I, I want the potency to be on the skin first, so mm-hmm. I don't want anything else blocking it. And then I want you to put your hydration on top. So use this first app on cleanse skin. Mm-hmm. So um, if you when you apply a retinol, mm-hmm. would you suggest maybe giving it a couple of minutes to absorb? Like, you know, maybe that's when you do something else for a couple of minutes. Or can you just layer straight You can away? just layer because these are even now where you can mix it. You know, some people, especially with prescription ones that I, that I write, um, you use like the size of about a pearl and you can even mix it with your night cream in order to put it on okay. um, to help decrease the um, irritability of the product. Mm. And in terms of frequency, so somebody's like, right, I've listened to this. I feel like I want to introduce retinol into my regime. Should I be using it twice a week, um, building up to every night? What's the best kind of... 
So that's exactly how I like to do it. I mean, we, I, with aging, I say we didn't get here overnight. We do not need to try to undo it overnight. I mean, it's like people just finally decide to commit and they're like, I'm going to put on a bunch <laughs> and I'm going to do it every night. And um, that's why I love these capsules because it's kind of single dose. It takes the guesswork out mm-hmm. because it is hard to know how much. And in America, it's like if a little bit's good, then a lot is better. And that <laughs> is not the case. All you'll do is increase the side effects mm-hmm. the more you use. And it doesn't increase the efficacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I tend to do is say just to make sure that your skin is tolerant, becomes tolerant to it and is able to handle it, I'll say once a week for a week, twice a week for two weeks, three times a week for three weeks, and then you can go every night. And oh, so that brilliant. way, yeah, it's just a good rule of thumb mm-hmm. to just say, okay, we're, we're, we're getting this. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. This is not a short course kind of thing. We're going to be using it for eight to 12 weeks. And most people, once they love their skin, they're going to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, but would you, you continue know, to use it every night or would you dial it back down to like three times a week once you've used it for 12 weeks? I mean, I have patients who do both. I think that it's totally reasonable if you only want to use it, um, you know, if your budget only allows mm-hmm. for using it three times a week, you will still get prolonged benefit of the retinol mm-hmm. with just three times a week. But, I, you know, in the clinical studies and so many people love the way their skin looks, they, they're like, well, I'm going to keep doing mm-hmm. this every night. And you're retinized, so... And you're retinized, so you might fine. as well keep it up. Um, and it's something that can be safely used in the long term. A hundred percent. It is very safe and effective in retinoids we've had in the prescription space for decades. Mm-hmm. And um, aside from what, like we talked about with pregnancy, mm-hmm. there's no long-term detriment, only benefit. And if somebody does peel mm-hmm. when they're using a retinol, um, should they stop using it until they stop peeling? Yes. And then start back up once mm-hmm. their skin's settled? Mm-hmm. And just because you peel today does not mean you will in a month. You know, it is a process. Mm-hmm. Um, but a side effect today may, will not be a side effect forever if you stick with it. And just so many people will will use it, and then they lay off for a couple months, and then they try it again. And if you do this stop and go, you're always going to just be back at square one. But if you can really, like, commit to it, you will see the benefits, and the side effects will greatly reduce the mm-hmm. more you use it. I'm so grateful to you for talking me through that because I feel like you've really helped me understand and I hope the listeners too. And you've taught me my new favorite word, which is retinized. (laughs) Um, I don't know if that's a made up word, but I am taking it and I'm going to create a rap out of it. (laughs) (laughs) All you've got to do is retinize. Come on, the the song writes itself. Um, I'm going to produce that on GarageBand. Thank you so much um, for joining me, Dendi. Thank you. It's been a delight. I loved it. Thank you. Isn't she great? Right, for the five retinols that are on my radar at the moment, and let's kick off with that Elizabeth Arden Retinol Capsules Line Erasing Night Serum. Now, this is an interesting proposition because it's encapsulated retinol, which makes it more potent than non-encapsulated retinol. But obviously, you've got your ceramides, and Dendi has explained all of it. If you have ever used or know of the Elizabeth Arden Ceramide Capsules Youth Restoring Serum, which is one of their hero products, you'll know they come in little capsules and you twist off the tag to access a single dose of skincare. The same is true with these, it's the same delivery system, except these capsules are pink or rose gold, depending on the light that you have them in, and they're very generous. I've been using them for nearly a month and they give me enough serum in the palm of my hand to massage over my entire face neck and décolleté. 
It feels very smooth and silky and I haven't felt the need to use anything on top. And when I wake up, my skin doesn't feel dry or tight in the slightest or in any way sensitized. So my verdict would be that if you are taking your first steps into using a retinol in your nighttime beauty regime, these are a great place to start. The capsule sort out the dosage for you so you know you're using the right amount. I always think, especially when you're using a new skincare ingredient, that it's wise to ease your way in gently. But based on how gentle I found these to be, I would use them on consecutive evenings without much worry, having used them after that first night. But please do use once and assess your skin because it may be prudent to space it out just, and still, just until your skin adapts. I do have a bit of a rhino's hide, so definitely listen to your skin, especially when using you, especially when using new ingredients and, you know, get retinized, as Dendi said. Right, my second is Paula's Choice Resist Anti-Aging Retinol System. And this was actually my gateway retinol. Um, and I introduced it into my regime just before my 40th birthday. And I think it was like every third or fourth night because I was very tentative. But the morning after I use this, my skin feels noticeably smoother. It contains 0.1% retinol and vitamin C. And also, if you look at the inky list, its top two ingredients are hydrators. And I very comfortably use this on its own and don't lay anything over the top. And my skin doesn't feel thirsty, tight or dry in any way. My third uh, topical retinol that is on my radar is Indeed Labs Retinol Reface Retinol Skin Resurfacer. Now, if it's important to you, and I know a lot of listeners do want paraben free products, this is a paraben sulfate and fragrance free retinol which I've heard many, many good things about and wanted to flag up because it's also purse friendly and widely available. In the UK, it's something you can find pretty easily on the high street or via some great beauty e-tailers who can deliver it very speedily. This contains three types of retinol, one that converts quickly into retinoic acid, one that is encapsulated for slow release, so it works long after you apply it, and a retinol-like peptide that does a similar job to retinol without that uh, potential to irritate or make skin too sensitive. It's interesting, it feels nice. Um, I think there's a, quite a high silicon count in there, so it's got that, if you like that feeling, that might be one to look at. Sunday Riley Lunar Sleeping Night Oil. Now I have to admit that because of the unstable nature of retinol, I would always look for a retinol that was airtight in a pump or whatever, but this is actually a bottle with a pipette. The retinol in this formula is called hydroxypenicolone retinoate, HPR, which is a retinoic acid ester, which means it's directly related to retinoic acid, which is the active ingredient our skin cells can interpret. And the reason why HPR is interesting is because it produced less irrita irritation in trials. Now, I didn't realize this until I started doing my research. I used Sunday Riley Lunar Sleeping Night Oil before, um, and was taken with the fact that it's blue. It's kind of a nightshade, blue, watery serum. And it was a bit of a thing of like, oh, look, my serum's blue. I'm putting it on my face and it's blue. I felt when I used it, I, the immediate feeling was how nourishing it is. And it's not surprising because you flip the bottle over, you look at the inky list and the top two ingredients are extra virgin and cold pressed avocado oil. So again, I would say it's retinol, but it's also highly moisturizing. So it's a good gateway entry level retinol, if that's the kind of thing that you're looking for. Now let's finish on a heavy hitter, the Neostrata Skin Active Retinol Plus Nag Complex. Whew, I've got this one on my waiting list and I have been cautioned by friends in the know who are longtime retinol users 
to be cautious because it's a 0.5% stabilized retinol and is one to ease into. The NAG in this complex is neoglucosamine and its addition in this formula is designed to amplify and intensify the volumizing and firming benefits of the, the retinol versus using it just on the retinol on just on its own. Even Neostarter say to start off slow, maybe once or twice a week and then build up to using it every other day or every day, depending on what kind of reaction you have, what kind of results you're looking for. Those are my five that are on my radar. I hope that you enjoy this episode. I hope that you found it useful. Um, of course, all the links are going to be in the show notes, which you can find wherever you've downloaded or streamed this episode. And while you're there, please don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you feel so inclined, why not leave a five-star review for the show? I'd be very grateful. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a pleasure to have your company. Stay well, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye.